decided, you know, I think I just want to do this for myself. I've wow. had opened two or three other restaurants mm-hmm. for people. Right. Um, and just decided, you know, I just want to do it for myself. So I bought that little 55-seater over on Jefferson. Okay. And then was there three years, and then my business outgrew my building. Uh-huh, which is a good thing. <laughs> good thing, yeah. <laughs> yep. And then uh, this place had sat empty for like two years. You heard that there. And thank goodness that Betty and Chuck Solak's original restaurant outgrew their building. Or otherwise, I probably would not have this two-decade-long love affair with the breakfast burrito. Welcome to Round the Bend Now and Then, a podcast that shines a light on the South Bend and Mishawaka areas past and present. Through interviews with local business owners, leaders, and community members, our listeners and I learn together about all of the great people and things going on in our community, as we also learn about South Bend and Mishawaka's history and how intertwined our past is with our present. At the very beginning there, you heard Betty Solak talk about she and her husband Chuck's restaurant, Allie's Cafe. Once I decided to start Round the Bend now and then, I knew that Allie's was going to be one of the first places that I wanted to lift up and share their journey. You know, we all have our different spots. Our dinner spots, our drink spots, our lunch spots. Allie's is our breakfast spot. It is such a very special place to my wife and our two sons. My wife Annie and I started dating in 2002. And back then, we would eat breakfast there at least two to three times a month. So Allie's and this breakfast burrito have been a part of my life throughout my wife and I's time together, 21 years strong. Our two sons don't even remember a time without Allie's Cafe. Both of them sitting in high chairs, getting their diapers changed in the bathrooms, or eating Mickey Mouse pancakes or smiley fries. Our oldest is about to graduate from college, and our youngest will be just wrapping up his freshman year of high school. I am honored to share Chuck and Betty Solak's journey with Allie's Cafe from a small 55-seat restaurant on Jefferson Boulevard to a Mishawaka Avenue River Park staple. Betty, thank you so much for coming on the show and trusting me to share your journey. In this episode, we learn how Chuck and Betty started Allie's Cafe and how it was named. You will find out that a husband and wife can work together and not strangle each other. You're going to learn a little bit of history about the Alley's Cafe building and how in 1951, there was almost a riot there. I finally find out exactly who created the legendary breakfast burrito. But the most important thing that we learn is that Alley's is yet another business who believes that it's all about relationships. A little background. Betty and Chuck have been married for 37 years, which is truly amazing and definitely a blessing. Betty is from Elkhart, and as you'll hear next, she's been in the restaurant industry since she was a teenager. What you'll also hear next is how Betty changed her major at IUSB. And while she would have been helping patients heal as a nurse, which is nice and all, we are all glad that she made that decision. Talk to me about you and your husband, Chuck, how you uh, formed the, the restaurant, how you got into the restaurant business. Well, I've always been in the restaurant business. I High mean, school job? Is that oh what it was? Oh, my gosh. Talk to t- me. I was 13 years old. Really? Um, yeah, and started working at a Western Sizzling Steakhouse. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Was there from the time they opened till the time they closed. Okay. So even through my high school years, I'd worked in a restaurant. Okay. Then I had worked during school in a restaurant. And uh-huh. Every job I ever had, I always held two or three jobs. So I was always working in a restaurant. Even when I went to IUSB, I worked in a restaurant. Nice. Um, Name some of the restaurants you worked at. Oh, um, Bristol Street Cafe, Perkins. My husband and I met at Perkins. Nice. I was a waitress on the third shift and he was a prep cook while he was going to school. Okay. Yeah. So we kind of met <laughs> in that cool. industry. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I've always been doing it. Okay. Um, and then I was actually uh, studying to be a nurse at uh, IUSB uh-huh. and decided that probably wasn't my best career path. I didn't want to do wow. that anymore. So I just switched my business or my minor or whatever it is over right. to business and decided, you know, I think I just want to do this for myself. I've wow. had opened two or three other restaurants mm-hmm. for people. Right. Um, and just decided, you know, I just want to do it for myself. So I bought that little 55 seater over on Jefferson. Okay. And then was there three years. And then my business outgrew my building. Uh huh. Which is a good thing. <laughs> good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then uh, this place had sat empty for like two years. Imagine being an elementary school student and a restaurant is named after you. Your first name is on a big sign on a busy street on Mishawaka Avenue. Your name is on a menu, on t-shirts, on uniforms, on advertisements in the newspaper and radio. Next, we talk about the origins of the name Allie's Cafe. And so when you were, you before you bought the Jefferson location, mm-hmm. um, talk to me about how you got to the name. That's our daughter. That's your daughter. Yeah. Talk to me. Chuck wanted Chuck's Eats, you know. So it, he, everybody... so it was your vision to have the restaurant, but he wanted to name it after himself? <laughs> yeah. Huh? It's a standing joke, you know, <laughs> Chuck Eats. Yeah. You know, everybody I knew was 90, so they uh-huh. weren't going to do that. So, uh-huh. you know, Allie was the obvious choice. Awesome. Yeah. And how old was she at the time? She was eight. Oh, so she was old enough to be cognizant of oh, yeah. everything. Yeah, the logo, that's yeah. her, her penmanship. She drew that. So really? the sign outside, yeah. she physically drew that. I didn't know that. And all our commercials, the radio commercials, she I used remember to that. do all those. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Until she le- went to college. That's and am- I had to take them over. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. How neat then. So so she was probably a third grader or whatever when her parents opened a restaurant. Yep. I guarantee she was the only one in class who had a restaurant named after her. Yeah. I'm thinking you're probably right. Yeah. I mentioned earlier how they have been married for 37 years. Next, Betty talks about that and how blessed they are to have such a great relationship, especially working so close together. But not too close. And my husband had uh, sold forklifts. and Okay. So he just said, you know what? I'll just come over so there you, with you. So you were the driving force behind. That's what I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. Kinda. It's all me. Okay. So that's <laughs> yeah. what I was going to ask and, and how you kind of got into it. So who coerced who? Oh, yeah. So no, you, no. He, but he saw your passion probably that whole time though, oh, right? Yeah, absolutely. He definitely knows, you know, he, he definitely knows this is, it's all yeah. my dream. It's uh-huh. definitely, you know, he's there. He's a, the best supportive husband you can ever possibly awesome. imagine. Um, I got goosebumps even thinking about that, you know, just yeah. a, a couple and how he. Yeah. Wow. And he works there, you know, every day. Yeah. So we, you know, most people say, I don't know how you guys work together. Uh-huh. You know, we live together, golf together, <laughs> vacation together, work together. But as whatever you can say, we cannot work side by side. Okay. So it's keep, keep, <laughs> keep them apart. Yeah. yeah. We'll always say, we, we forget who the boss is. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. <laughs> He'll well, say it's him. I'll say it's me. <laughs> 
And I'm sure different situations lead to somebody needing to be the boss in different, oh, you yeah. know. <laughs> no, no, we actually, we have the best. We I, honestly, I, I just can't. We have the best relationship ever. I, I mean, all, we work awesome. wonderful together and I cannot imagine not doing it with my right. husband there. Yeah, right. That's, not at all. That's beautiful. You heard a bit ago, Allie's starting in a 55-seat building on Jefferson Boulevard in Mishawaka. Well, they outgrew that within a few years and made a move to purchase and renovate a longtime River Park restaurant building that housed Moro's for years. Next, we talk about the new building and how it was not move-in ready. So you were on Jefferson Boulevard for... Where where on Jefferson would that have been? It was right across from Rainbow Inn, where Princess City Mobile Home Park was. Past um, Je- um, Jordan Automotive oh, over yeah, there? Oh, yeah, way down. Yep. Okay, okay. It was right across from Rainbow Inn. Okay. Yeah, I know exactly where you're talking about. Okay. So then you moved to the new location on the new, quote, location on uh, Mishawaka Avenue in 2000? Correct. What shape was the building in? Oh, we had to gut it. Did you? Yeah, it had been set empty for two years. And it was Mor- Moro's was the last restaurant prior to that or no? No, it was Mylan's on the Avenue. I have no recollection of that. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. So, uh, and we took it down to uh, Cement and Studs. Um, but they had like four layers, but it was so cool though. Yeah. I mean, the whole building was put together, I think with glue and thumbtacks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they put, uh, there's three different parcels of property there. So we have three okay. different, uh, tax ID, tax ID codes, yeah. codes. Yeah. But we could see literally the fountain lines from where it was the parkette. Um, the fountain. Yeah. Oh, like the, the soda fountain. Was soda it- fountain lines. Really? Yeah. So we could see all of that, and you could see where they had the bar stools from where Neat. the car hop was. Um, you could see the division line from where the cement wall was from where the street used to be. Okay. Um, which is really bad on our roof. You know, we, yeah. <laughs> that does not work well with a flat okay. roof. The, that building was a parquette? What, what is that? It what? was the parquette. It was... Um, like a drive-in? Like a yeah, Bonnie Dunes like type? Yep, a car hop. Really? Yeah, it was originally the parquette. Um Huh. And then uh, then it switched over to Morrow's. Okay. And then it stayed Morrow's forever. Yeah. My parents were, uh, both my parents, both Annie's parents are River Park through and through. I mean, yep. just born and raised there. And so um, we heard about Morrow's as they were growing up too. By the park. Huh. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. We've got some pictures of it. it was, it's pretty cool. That's neat. That, that's really neat. You heard me get a little excited learning about what it used to be like in that building and how cool it was that they were discovering the remnants of it when it was the parkette. You know I love this kind of stuff and I had no clue about the parkette. So, as you already figured me out by now, I had to look it up in old South Bend Tribune articles. I found an ad from May 27, 1955 inviting folks to the grand opening of the completely remodeled and air-conditioned Parquet Drive-In Restaurant. For that weekend only, you can drink free coffee all day and free Dixie Cups to children who were, of course, accompanied by their parents. You also heard Betty mention that it was a Moro's restaurant for some time. So then I found another ad from December 12, 1975, titled, Quality is Family Tradition at Moro's. It provided a brief history of the building as well. It said it began as a parquet a drive-in restaurant, when Frank Morrow took it over from his brother in the late 1950s and made it into a sit-down diner and then renamed it Morrow's Parquette, then eventually dropped the Parquette and just kept it Morrow's. 
I'll wrap up my deep dive into the South Bend Tribune archives on the Alley's Cafe building (laughs) with this April 5th, 1951 article titled, Police Halt Threatened Youth Riot. Police stood by for about two hours Wednesday night at the Parquet Restaurant on Mishawaka Avenue and the Tasty Shop on Miami Street to prevent a riot between rival crowds of high school students, some carrying lengths of rubber hoses. (laughs) Officers estimated that some 200 youths were involved. It started at the Tasty Shop on Miami, and police shooed them away, and then the crowds went to the Parquet in River Park. It was the boys from Riley and the boys from Adams feuding. Because, get this, they were feuding because the Adams boys invaded Riley territory to sell tickets to an Adams dance. Police said it was mainly just words were exchanged, but there was some roughing up, but that's about it. Police said it did get a little hairy when gangs of boys, get this, this is crazy. No cell phones. There's none of this. Police said it did get a little hairy when gangs of boys joined from South Bend Central, from Washington, Washington Clay, that was a total another high school in Clay Township, and even Mishawaka. (laughs) Boy, I'm glad that situation didn't get worse at the old parquet. Next, speaking of South Bend Tribune articles, I read one to Betty that I found from 2003 about Allie's Cafe. Um, all right. So there's a November 14th, 2003 South Bend Tribune article. Okay. And it says in the four years since moving to its new location at 2323 Mishawaka Avenue, Alley's Cafe has become somewhat of a river park institution with friendly family service, a family atmosphere, and a devoted customer base that would spark envy in many or most successful establishments along the Grape Road Corridor. Only four years in, did you feel that you were already an institution there, or was that... Oh, I love this place. I really do. Um, yeah, I did awesome. feel that way. I really did. And I do still feel yeah, that way. Yeah, of course, because you are. Yeah, I, I really do. It's funny because, uh, you know, when you hear somebody say, you know, it's an alleys thing. Yeah. You know, it really is. You know, I, I, I felt really... I, I had a phone call here two weeks ago. Somebody asked me if I wanted to franchise the restaurant really yeah they said you know and i said no i go they go but we would really love to do that you know we do it the same way i said you couldn't do it the same way i said you know you could make the same food i get that i said but you wouldn't love my customers like i do and you would love my staff like i do that's amazing and you know it takes that trickle down effect for Uh my staff to love my customers the way we do yeah i said so i said no i said i'm i go there's there's no way i said i wouldn't do that had you ever even thought of it no okay because i didn't even think of it till you mentioned that but wow that's a compliment though yeah to me i mean i took it as a compliment i thought it was really nice but right you know it's like no there's there's absolutely no way it's hard to replicate (laughs) the family aspect of it and i would never want to do that yeah you know and that's all it is is family I never even thought about getting approached uh, to franchise the restaurant. And uh, there's just absolutely no way that you could replicate that family feel. I asked Betty about any changes that she's had to make over the years. And she said because they've been real smart with budgeting their money over the years and practicing the smart financial strategies of Dave Ramsey and living within their means, then if they have had anything come up, that they're prepared. 
early on, you know, you're probably trying to keep your head above water, you know, worrying about keeping the restaurant afloat. But as the years progress, you have to adjust and make changes over the years. Uh, what are some of the changes you've had to make over the past 25 years? Well, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. So I'm a total money makeover. Yeah, I kind of follow his premise. Yes. So we kind of run everything like that. Beautiful. Yeah. So we we've started that way uh -huh. and we kind of stick to our stick to that yeah. way of living. So right. that's really helped us. Um so literally living, you know, every dollar has a name, yeah. living on a budget. Yes. All that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, my husband and I live lean. We don't take Correct. a lot. Um we have our employees employees have been there for years. Yep. Um, you know, I've got 20 year, 25 year uh -huh. veterans that that work for me. Yep. You know, my kitchen staff's worked for me 18, 20 years. So um, they're my top concern. Betty mentioned having employees with her for 15, 20 years, and that helps with continuity when other changes happen. At least you have the foundation of a consistent staff. I mentioned the 1976 South Bend Tribune article earlier about Morrow's Restaurant, the longtime restaurant that was in the Alleys building. And the owner, Frank Morrow, was quoted in there saying something similar about his employees. Quote, One of the reasons that Morrow's has maintained its quality reputation is the pride of its employees. We probably have the longest seniority record in the area, Morrow says noting that some of them had worked for his brother 20 years ago and adding that one cook recently retired with 22 years of service. Next, we talk about the smoking section. As a kid who grew up going to restaurants and being asked, smoking or non, I still cannot believe that we used to sit in these diners and cafes sucking down a Marlboro while drinking a coffee. I asked Betty next about the smoking section. When you guys bought the place, was smoking still? It was. So you had a smoking section. We did. So it was one of the, it was the In fact, west we, side. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, it was the, the kitchen west side. side. Yeah, the yeah, kitchen okay. side. Okay. We still call it smoking and non-smoking. My menus are labeled <laughs> smoking and non-smoking. My computers are labeled smoking and non-smoking. That's wild. Yeah. Now, I just marvel that we used to go out to eat. I know. Just Isn't smoking. that crazy? And you can't ever completely. 2012, I think they quit smoking. That was the best thing ever happened. Wow. Yeah. It was that recent. That. Yeah, 2012. That's insane. Yeah. That is when they insane. made us do that. Yeah, that was the absolute best thing because we were really going to be put in a position to alienate know, some of your customers. Yeah, yeah ah. we used to that. Yeah. Yeah. It still amazes me that we or that people would be in there smoking. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's a lot. That was their routine. Probably go drink coffee in the morning sometimes and, you know, smoke their heaters in there. And, yep. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of changes, I'd be remiss to ask about COVID as it obviously affected us all. Unfortunately, many restaurants like Alley's did not come out on the other side. So we're blessed that Alley's did. Yeah, because COVID kind of hit us all. Woo, it goodness. did. Um, and what we did is, you know, we let the folks off that were going to be off that that needed to take unemployment mm -hmm. um and then we kept part of the catering staff but then i kind of pivoted everything okay. um i kind of uh knew where things were going okay for some reason independent packaging so uh -huh. i spent all that time and redesigned oh, all our menus okay. and i kind of yeah. flipped everything flipped all of our switches uh -huh. 
So we didn't stay open for carryout because we figured most people were going to do carryout in the evening. They weren't going to carry out during the day. Correct. And we were very fortunate uh-huh. that we were able to get acquainted with a few factories that were having mm. like a few hundred people in their right. uh, shops a day. And we catered for them every day, independent meals. So they didn't have to go out. You know, uh-huh. once they got them in, they were tempted. You know, that way they didn't, uh, their their spread of COVID was non-existent because, right. so we just fed them every day. So mm-hmm. like I say, one door open, one door closed. Yeah. Yeah. So, But you put yourself in that position, but still, man, um, yeah, COVID was just, just a tough time. And it was yeah, unknown, it was. Yeah. you know, um, and you came through. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we made it through. I don't ever want to try to go through anything like that again. Absolutely not. That was tough. Um, and then also, I don't know the exact demographics of your customer base. I would assume a great, a, a good majority, especially during the week, is more uh, the, the more vulnerable el- we lost, elderly. We lost some really good good friends and customers mm. from COVID. Yeah. Mm. I am sure glad that Allie's survived COVID because I am not sure what I would do without that breakfast burrito. Next, while I had her undivided attention... I had to ask about the origins of the breakfast burrito. And that led into a conversation about letting her staff have creative licenses and inventing new menu items. But first, you have to talk to me about the breakfast burrito. What's the story behind it? Who created it? What's the... It's my all-time favorite. It's like I dream about it. You know, I I don't even remember how I came up with that. It, <laughs> but it, you came as you came yeah, up with the breakfast one, burrito. Yeah, the, you know, I, I definitely, you know, where other I I definitely breed enthusiasm through my staff, and yeah. I, I breed creativity. Mm-hmm. So whatever they come up with, I'm good with. Run that. with I'll, it. I'll, I do. You know, like those maple bacon pancake puffs. Mm-hmm. My my cooks Joe. I caught him in the kitchen one day. He was making them and eating them. I yeah. said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm throw that on the window." All on the on the menu uh-huh. and people just love them and so he was so funny because he, he i say hey we got to order for that <sighs> oh, shouldn't have been playing around with them joe <laughs> but but you had mentioned you you try to foster creativity oh, in your yeah. staff yeah. and a, a part of that is is about 10 years ago I'm, I'm i'm a school principal here and so um i went to a conference ron clark he's a uh kind of a big time educator down south who takes risks um, and he told us principals, we're really with teachers, but he st- looked at us principals and he said, principals, you let your runners run. Yep. So when they come to you, when your teachers come to you with an outlandish idea, don't just knock it down. You let them run because as soon as you start saying no, 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 they're going to stop coming to you with creative That's ideas. Right. And that kind of is the same exact thing you're it talking absolutely about. absolutely is. You know, I'll show them that they know what quality of standards that I have, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'll, I'll show them what end result has to be there. Right. Um, if you got a better way to do it, show me faster way to do it. I'm good with that. Right. But it better look like that uh-huh. when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true though. And, yeah. and, and uh, that's how a lot of things can be created is just kind of, yeah. you know, spontaneous, you know, spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. Um, Man, my wife, she is, Annie, is all about the biscuits and gravy. Oh, yeah, I do make good biscuits and gravy. I mean, she <laughs> and you are the gold standard now. So when we go to different restaurants and she gets biscuits and gravy, she's always trying to compare it to Allie's. So. Well, I like that. I'm not going to say that I judge her for that. No judgments it's, here. I like no. that. <laughs> what would you say is your best, best-selling best dish? 
Um, I would say our, our breakfast burrito is and our it, German. That those two are our most are are, 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 are it, popular yeah. dishes. Yeah, German's my second favorite. I'll yeah. alternate. I'll get the German with bacon in there sometimes. Yeah. I put all the hot sauce in there. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Those are those are our two most popular. <laughs> While I love the breakfast burrito and the German special, if I didn't feel welcomed or if I was treated like crap, regardless how much I love the burrito, I wouldn't give them my money. There is so much more to it. It's more than just the bacon, the sausage, and the gravy. It's about relationships. Next, Betty and I talk about those relationships and it led them to making a pretty big decision for the restaurant. To me, it's all about relationships. It is. Um, your, your location got me in the door, but the relationships kind of keep you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, your location to, to me here, I'm a mile away or right. that, but, but how we were talking about it upstairs, man, how neat is it that literally you have customers now carrying babies in your restaurant but they themselves were once babies in your restaurant imagine I have one that. working for me today that was a baby <laughs> in my restaurant <laughs> i used to carry her around on my hip now she's cashing people out <laughs> how cool is that though that's I know, awesome i know <laughs> that's yeah. awesome it's funny because, like you say, we'll carry them around on our hips because we're big baby fans there. Uh-huh. Oh, I yeah. mean, we, we are. Um, you know, my sister Sandy's at the register and she keeps stockpiles of candy and suckers, it. you know, there uh-huh. for the kids. Um, but we carry them around and everything like that. But now it's funny because we're doing weddings oh, and, yeah. you know, we're marrying these uh-huh. kids and then we're seeing their babies come through. That's beautiful. It is. It, it's like, it, it's amazing to me. And that's beautiful to see their families. It's crazy, you know, and that's one of the reasons why we closed on Sundays Mm -hmm. because like I say, the staff's been with me for so long that they were having their kids were getting grown up and they were having kids. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know, that was our busiest, most profitable day was on Sunday. And we just decided to choose family over dollars. Wow. You know, and so that was the only day people could be with their families and and to do things. You know, my (sighs) customers go, why don't you close on Tuesday? Well, yeah, we'll just let them yank them out of school. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They can spend the day with (laughs) them. Skip school Tuesdays (laughs) in South Bend. (laughs) But, you know, at first the staff, you know, especially the, you know, the waitresses, because, you know, that was a really good money day for them. Uh You know, they were a little upset, but Uh now you can't rip them out on Sundays. They love their Sundays (laughs) off. That's awesome, though. And but again, you, you put yourself in position, like you said earlier, to to take that risk to take Sundays off. Yeah. You know, I mean, because of the... Now, we still cater, but now it's a volunteer basis. I mean, we cater all the time on Sundays. Okay. But now the staff gets the opportunity to choose whether they want to do that catering job or not. I got you. Versus having to show up every week, but... Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. And now, a brief word from one of our sponsors. I want to thank Beefo Brady's and Granger for sponsoring this episode. Good burgers, tacos, wings, fajitas, and even surf and turf are on their menu. Check out their weekday restaurant deals, family meal deals, and catering menu. Grabbing takeout food for the family is simple. Just order online for a quick and easy pickup. They have a full-service bar and a party room that you can reserve for your family, friends, or business. Side note, I've rented out the party room a few times for special occasions and get-togethers, and it is great, especially if you're a guy. Because if you're like me, a lot of those little event planning details like silverware, plates, napkins, that all gets lost in the mix and forgotten. 
But with Bevo Brady's party room, you just call them up, reserve the room, tell them how many people and what you would like to eat and drink, and that's it. They do the rest. You just mingle and have a great time. Anyways, Beefo Brady's is locally owned, and in my experience, the staff there is outstanding, and the owner, Mark, is just a really, really good dude. Make Beefo Brady's your favorite sports bar restaurant every game day. You can find them at 12479 State Road 23 in Granger. The phone number is 574-271-1415, and their website link is in the show notes. And now, back to the episode. We just talked about the relationships that are formed with customers. They've done weddings and showers, and those are all huge days in a person's life. And for them to want Alley's Cafe to be a part of that is telling. The flip side of that is every event isn't a happy one. Alley's has done funeral meals for longtime customers and people with an attachment to the restaurant. Next, we talk about that. It's not only the weddings and stuff, though, but the, the, the other flip side of the coin is we also do a lot of funerals. Oh. Um, yeah. So we do a lot of funeral dinners, too, and that's the, the very sad part uh, of this because you we have, uh, you know, you built such a sense of community right. with these, these families that you know. You know, we had just, a, like, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. we had a, a, a family that had come in, and we had done his... Her husband, gosh, it must have been maybe a year or so ago, but in a nutshell, this whole family had come through the restaurant uh-huh. because their grandparents built the restaurant. Really? Yep. And then somebody else got, we got married from there and then we, it was like a whole family yeah. ordeal. We had married them and then we had done their funerals and then <sighs> we had- you know, they had built all the buildings uh-huh. and, you know, done all the makeup. And so Man. they had a lot of history about that building. Right. So it was kind of a, I mean, everybody in their family, there was like 120 people in there. They were all had ties to the, to that wow. particular building from one way or another. So it's just, all of that is just truly amazing. Cause I bet your bet all the amount of my money that people do not have those types of relationships with these franchise restaurants all around here, the Applebee's and all this stuff of the world, but it is our small business restaurants like that that it's more than just the food and it's more than just the breakfast burrito i mean it's about those relationships you know I, and i 100% believe that i really I mean, do it's what keeps people coming back and and then you, they think of you for important events in their lives weddings showers i mean stuff like that you know yeah we just talked about relationships with customers it's crucial that a family atmosphere is established with the staff as well we talk about that next Relationships with your staff and your employees. Uh, I tell you what, one of my, it is the hardest thing that I do as a school leader is managing people. Yeah, It's the hardest thing, but it's also rewarding too. It's very rewarding. Talk to me just about being a small business owner and that bond that you have with your with your staff and your employees. Um, I feel like all of their moms. I love it. I really it. do. Yeah. Um, I love my staff. And I yeah. know that sounds cliche, but I love them. Uh-huh. I mean, I just really do. There's nothing I wouldn't do for them. Yeah. Um, but there's really, there's nothing that they wouldn't do for me. You're darn right. I mean, they I, and I can say I 100% believe that. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm right there in the thick of things with them. And they and see I, that too. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I'm not, I don't think I'm a normal, typical business owner, mm-hmm. um, nor my husband, right. because we are both in the 
you know, trenches, trenches boots on the yeah, ground, yeah, working with them and stuff yeah. like that. Um, you know, we, we open, we close, uh-huh. we, we do it all. Um, so we don't ask them to do anything that we don't do for ourselves. And that's what um, the leadership is, you know? Yeah. And then, and and, uh, you know, they know I have their back and they have my back. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just, I can't tell you how much I love my staff. It's awesome. Family. You know, it's family. It is. And, and that's our motto at that restaurant. Honestly, swear to goodness, mm-hmm. it is family first. Right. My cook had to leave two days ago because his his baby was really sick. And he's like, I'm so sorry. Right. Never apologize for family first because right. that is just the way we do it. Right. We all step in and cover family. That's, That's just awesome. what we do. And, yeah. yep. and again, all of that kind of trickles down and into the customers. <laughs> you know, it's just a whole cycle type deal. It's not just about relationships with customers and employees. Successful businesses must have positive relationships with the community as well. And if you drive past alleys, you'll frequently see fire trucks and police cars parked there because one, firefighters and policemen all love the breakfast burrito, but two, they feel valued and supported by a small community business in their community like Alley's Cafe. We talk about that next. Relationships with customers, relationships with staff, but relationships with the community. Yeah. Um, you know, as a business owner, not only do you need to be in tune to, you know, your customers and stuff, but you have to be in tune to regulations and different things in the city going on. You mentioned the smoking ban was a decision by the city that helped immensely um, for you guys. Just talk to me about, you know, your location there on Mishawaka Avenue and River Park and your relationships with with the city over the years. Um, you know, we take pride in our community. Uh, we take pride in the first responders and the people. Mm-hmm. Um, we, right. we, you know, we give them special discounts. Uh-huh. Um, we try to feed them for their appreciation days. You yep. know, we stand behind our first responders 100%. You drive past there on a Saturday morning, you're going to yeah. see those fire trucks parked across yep. the street and you know, Station um, 9. You know, they work hard. Um, Darn right. All of them do. You uh-huh. know, you know, everybody works hard. But, the, right. you know, first responders, they, they work really hard, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take care of all of that. Um, you know, always try to treat them with respect and, the, you know, the courtesy that they right. deserve. Right. Um, but right. they, in turn take care of us you know we had a fire yep. there one day and they could have come in and just you know axes blazing and right. put it through my roof but they yeah. didn't they took my pictures down nice and neatly and <gasps> oh. you know yeah so they i mean you know it, it's Man. you know it's fair play they take good care of us we take yes. good care of them yep um but we uh we cater for the u.s government as okay. well uh, so we had to be, we do our inspections with the Department of Defense. And uh-huh. so Ooh, that, yeah, really? Yeah. Wow. So we have to have a lot of city inspections too. Okay. Um, and we've never had any issues with them. They're mm-hmm. all, they all come out, you know, do what they've got to do. And, right. you know, everybody's always worked really well with us. That's you know, awesome. Health Relationships. Department, <laughs> health department, we love, you know, last three inspections with perfect scores, love you it. know. So, yeah, but we treat it. them with dignity and respect. You know, they'll Gee. come in. They'll come in. You want to? Do you? You just want to wait here? Oh no, I'm walking with you. Uh-huh. I go. You know, if we're doing something wrong, I want to know. Correct. I want to know? know how to fix it. Right. Right. You know. So you know, we always get along really well with everybody. You That's know? cool. That's neat. Don't have any issues, which is good. <laughs> but knock on wood. So you know by now that I try to integrate history as a part of this podcast. So I wanted to give Betty a pop quiz on the River Park neighborhood, as you all better know by now where Alley's is located. 
Hopefully I get to do an entire episode on the history of River Park because it is truly fascinating. If there are any River Park history buffs out there, let me know. What I have here, I have some, I have a little River Park quiz for you. Oh no, I suck at quizzes. That's all right. <laughs> now, do you, do you know what year the first tract of land was purchased in River Park? 1817. Oh my goodness. 1831. That's way <laughs> I knew close. It was in the 1800s. Wow. Yeah. The first tract of land was purchased in 1831. True or false, River Park was once its own town. True. That's very true. Yes. Um, do you know what year River Park was annexed into South Bend? 1981. Uh, 1911. Oh, well, I was way off there. <laughs> and uh, and at that time, the streets were unpaved, unlit, or lit sporadically. The newspaper said there was no sidewalks, there was no public supply or su no public water supply or oh, wow. sewage. And and so at that time, at the turn of the century, they needed to get they they couldn't support themselves on their own with all of the the city utilities. And so Mishawaka or South Bend was were going to annex them, and South Bend ended up doing that. Um, in 1911, do you know how many elementary schools River Park has had over the years? Oh gosh, I could not tell you. Three. They had, there was River Park Elementary, which was on 26th and Vine. There's little brick houses there now, like little brick condo type houses. They had the original Nooner, yeah. which was 1920s. And then the new Nooner, which is, though it's still there. Um, in 1910, right before it was consolidated into South Bend, was the population of River Park over 2,000 or under 2,000 in 1910? I'm going to say over. It was actually under. It was 1,500 oh. in 1910. But then get this, by 1929, so just 18 years later, the new Nooner School alone had 1,500 people. So in 18 years, they had 1,500 kids going to school there. Wow. And by that time, um, River Park had grown to 13,500. So just in 18 years, they went up almost like 13-fold. Well, it developed quite quickly. <laughs> um, and then by 1929, you know, they had the River Park Theater down there, post office, the new Fire Station 9, yeah. which we just opened up a new Fire Station 9 about yeah. five years ago. Multiple churches, multiple businesses. They had the library. And then also in 1929, they just built the new Ironwood Bridge, <laughs> which yeah. is the Ironwood Bridge there. And they said it replaced a very long condemned bridge that was right there. Yeah. We wrap it up with me asking Betty what she wants everyone to know. We just want people to understand that we are so thankful for them to be there yeah um and we truly are you uh -huh. know i mean i always i always say i have a guardian angel because i truly do yeah i mean uh you know one door closes one door opens correct you know one if yeah. something bad happens something good happens uh-huh you know so yeah we just feel very blessed we've we've always felt blessed blessed mm -hmm. to be in the community blessed to be a part of things Heck blessed yeah. to have the staff that we have mm -hmm. um you know, I always say, I thank God for everything. Ask him for nothing. There you go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you've also worked hard and put yourself and built a foundation. Thank you for listening to another episode of Round the Bend Now and Then. I truly appreciate you spending your valuable time listening. 
A special thanks to you, Betty, for sharing you and Chuck's journey with Allie's Cafe with us. I truly hope our listeners get a sense of how dedicated you and your staff are to your customers and how much your restaurant has meant to a quarter century of us. Listeners out there, be sure to stop by Allie's. I don't even need to tell you why, as you just heard a whole episode's worth of the why. Be sure to follow them on Facebook also, Allie's Cafe and Catering. As a fledgling starting podcast, please do me a few favors. If you like the show, please share it with others that you think would appreciate it. Please download or subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you use. Be sure to follow or like us on Twitter, at RoundTheBendPod, or on Facebook, RoundTheBend Now and Then. If you have any feedback for me, anything you want to point out, anything you like, anything you don't like, let me know. Email RoundTheBend574 at gmail.com, or you can message me on Twitter or Facebook. Join us again next episode to learn more about South Bend and Mishawaka's now and then.